0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli. And alongside me, as always, is Ray Bolo, D'Montano. We got the full crew here today. We got the week four NFL slave. Fellas, how we feeling? We went to the <laughs> we went to Jets Patriots last week. And Ray, we're gonna blame that one on you. Big time. Um, we had a lot of fun,
1: but my God, was it brutal?
0: How are we feeling, boys?
1: I mean, it was fun, right? I had fun. Yeah, I had fun. Kind of. And did you have fun? Yeah, no, I had a blast. Contemplating life for four hours in the rain while you're hammered is fun. (laughs) I don't know. Is that not fun for you guys? (laughs) Not really. I actually can't believe we did that. Um,
0: But while we were at the game, we missed some incredible performances that uh, we will definitely touch on a little bit before we get to the week four slate Let's go over some rookies that had great week threes. Dino, you want to start us off here?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it would be unfair to start without talking about Devon A. Chain of the Miami Dolphins, the 84th overall pick, third rounder. uh, I do want to say uh, your boy, Dino. I I believe Ray had the same one, which I'm regrettably going to say in our top five running back rankings to to end the year I, I had him as number three and I believe Ray had him as number three as well so uh kudos to us obviously behind uh the likes of Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs and Bijan Robinson but we were higher on him than most uh Ray even divulged and talked about how when he went to the Finns um obviously speed kills there and he was the fastest running back available that uh that would be a nightmare for us as Jet fans but it was a great pick by the Finns, and it's obviously come to fruition. Uh, week uh, three of the NFL, where the kid legitimately went ballistic. He went nineteen attempts, two hundred eight yards, six first downs on the ground. Um, he had, I believe, two touchdowns rushing. Yep, two touchdowns rushing. He also went five targets, five receptions, thirty four yards. Three of them were first downs, and two of those catches were touchdowns. So he had four total touchdowns. He had, this is like the silliest stat ever. I, I dare someone to show me a similar stat that's ever happened in NFL history. He had 161 yards before contact. I don't yeah. even know how that's possible. That's just a oh, guess what? That's just out of his 208 rushing yards. That doesn't even make sense. It, He's, he averaged eight and a half yards before contact per attempt. And he had 19 attempts. That is, that sounds fake. It doesn't sound. You know what we call that? So I I don't know how to even talk further. Um, Speed kills this. I'm excited to talk about this Dolphins dolphins offense moving forward when we get to the uh, previews. You know what we call that? That's a Sean Payton effect, baby. Let's go. Broncos (laughs) country. That's right. That's right. Good good good
0: stuff, Sean. Uh (laughs) trading fucking first round picks away for a fucking coach. Absolutely absurd. This guy stinks. Uh Ray. I was calling it a
2: sick move. (laughs) 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 I called it I called it an insanely good move. Oh
0: God. Ray, talk to me about uh your rookie highlight.
1: You're on mute. <laughs> oh. oh, we're
2: not cutting that. that I, was...
1: I, I'm still, I'm still muted, or now I'm good. No, no you're, good. no,
2: you're not. You're, you're sadly not muted.
1: Human error, bro. Happens. Uh, I'm going the rookie edge. Tuli Tuli Peloto, to USC, but drafted by the Chargers in the second round. This guy is a weird prospect for me. I always thought he kind of was listed. He was listed massive at USC for some reason. He was listed like 290, if I remember correctly. Everyone thought he had the inside outside versatility. He was playing uh as like a wide nine end which is like really weird considering how what he was listed at came into the combine 266 which kind of given off some tweener vibes a little bit short arms but this guy's been balling out to start the year he had nine pre- total pressures uh, last week a sack um a couple tackle i think a tackle for a loss too and he's playing as a stand up outside linebacker he's got refined pass rush moves he's got really good strength too which i think is what really helps his game come to fruition uh, he's good, good. He's good on the on the opposite side. Of Joey Bosa too. So this this Chargers defense has some edge rush depth too. I think it's a big big get for them. It's really good to see a second round pick develop pretty early like this.
0: Yeah, he's been awesome the last couple of weeks. So good good on them that they got a they got another one. Um, for me got to highlight Tank Dell. This guy's been awesome the last two weeks. Last week had seven targets, five receptions, 145 yards, and a touchdown against the Jags. In a week two versus Indianapolis, he had 10 targets for seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. C.J. Stroud's playing his ass off, but this guy is one of the main reasons why Stroud said after the Texans drafted him at two overall, go get this guy. And he really has become his favorite target. They drafted him in the third round. A lot of people talked about his size. He was 5'8", 165 going into the combine. But, man, when you just know how to separate and get open in this new age of NFL where you can't really touch guys, there's a lot of space, I think more and more we're going to see some of these type of players start to come into the league. And um, Tank Dell is just getting started for uh, a very young and promising offense for the uh, for the Houston Texans. All right, boys, let's get to the game previews. First one we got, we got Thursday night football between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I was kind of surprised at that line. Green Bay, not an easy place to play. Uh, Ray, we'll start with you here. What does Detroit need to do to keep it rolling uh, and get a win in a tough place to play? Yeah, I
1: mean, I think for starters, I think they got to hope that – David Montgomery is good to go. I don't know if he's going to be on the short week with that. uh, I think it was a thigh injury, if not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he's a big part of that offense, especially down in the red zone. I know he, I think him and Jameer Gibbs are such perfect uh, compliments to each other. So I think getting him him back, just so take a little bit of pressure off Jared Goff, don't let him have to do the whole thing. It would be massive too if Jair Alexander is, in fact, going to be out for this game as well. Uh, I think that will really help the passing uh, offense really. Excel too. But on defense, this uh Detroit Lions defense has kind of turned around this year, at least especially when in considering uh their run defense. They've only allowed 72 yards rushing per game. They went up against Atlanta last week, who's a heavy run team, pretty much held held their own there against Seattle a couple weeks ago, even in the loss. They I think they held Kenneth Walker to like 50 yards rushing or whatnot. So this run defense has been really stout, and Green Bay has been really struggling to get it going. Uh, still not sure if Aaron Jones is going to be good to go, but A.J. Dillon hasn't been his normal self this year. So I think limiting the run and putting the ball in Jordan Love's hands is going to be big for them. But this past defense, is I mean, the secondary for Detroit's a little banged up as well. Obviously, C.J. Carter Johnson's gone. Emmanuel Mosby is questionable, and they haven't been, I mean, they've been improved, but they're still not a dominant unit. So I'm curious to see how Jordan Love handles it. He's been playing. I've been really impressed with him the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, only one interception to seven touchdowns, too. I think th- it's going to be massive to get pressure on Jordan Love with uh, Hutchinson and the rest of that front and maybe force a mistake or two to really help put this game out of reach. Going going to Lambeau is always a tough place to play. For sure. Dino, talk to me about Green Bay um, and how they get a win at home.
2: Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm- – I'm not gonna pretend like I found this stat myself. I saw it on uh, X, and I definitely wanted to share. But uh, Packers—they're a first-time underdog at home against the Lions this Thursday. If obviously the line stays as it is, which which I expect it to ever, with their starting quarterback since 1996. Wow, guys, that's the year we were born. That's fucking crazy. That doesn't even make sense. That they're currently sitting at. Plus one and a half. I mean, who knows if they get some miraculous actives in like a Jair Alexander or Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, who knows, Um, Zach Tom. But uh, I guess I'll start offensively. You know, there's a ton of questions yet to be answered on the injury report. I just explained a few of them. You got two starting linemen in Bakhtiari and Jenkins that are already declared out. That's their left tackle, their left guard. Uh, Obviously, Bakhtiari, all-world tackle. When he plays, even if he's not healthy, and he plays, he is a incre He's a plus guy to have out there, not only in run um, run blocking, but of course, pass blocking, where his prowess is is at its absolute best. Um, and then a third, Zach Tom, who's the right tackle, he's currently questionable, and I I have no idea, I don't know why, but just like with uh, like we discussed with Utah, even this uh, this. Packers coaching staff I, I they never hint whether these players are going to play or not they're, they're always limited participants and I don't know I've been burned myself I've been thinking that Christian Watson is going to be playing the past two weeks but uh you know additionally that moves me to their their two best position players on offense and Aaron Jones and Christian Watts, Watson who are also questionable Christian, Christian Watson came out recently and said that You know, when asked if he was going to play this week, he said, that's the plan. Ah, Jesus Christ, these guys hold it so close to the vest. I I would love to hear a little bit more so I could get an angle on this game. Uh, But luckily, rookies have definitely picked up the slack in a big way for the Cheeseheads. And when Lafleur has really allowed Jordan Love to ball, he has shown up and he's shown that he could deliver. They've had a .26 EPA per pass, which is, I think, very, very good for a a first-year starter and a guy who's been playing predominantly with rookies, you know, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed have been huge contributors to this offense. I mean, come on, that is not, you know, with David Bakhtiari out, they've had injured O lineman. That is not easy to do. Uh, you, you played only three quarters of a one game with, with Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, the lines have had a stout run defense throughout, but um, so I, I mean, I guess if if I was to give it a, an opinion on this side of the ball, you know, if there's no Aaron Jones or Christian Watson, uh, they're not active to potentially stretch the field and really pose a threat um, to open this run game. I, I, I fear Hutchinson and crew might get the green light to just pin their ear ba- ears back and you know make Jordan Love's life hell. He's logged an atrocious. 42.2 passer rating thus far, you know, while under pressure, that is one of the worst in the league. Um, when he is given the clean, clean pocket, which somehow, even though he's had an injured O-line, he's actually had a solid amount of clean pockets. Um, they've done a great job on that Packers O-line. Then this, you know, second string guys have come, come in and done a great job. He's done awesome. I I, I mean, I don't think anyone has seen the Packers, this year and thought that Jordan Love has not played great thus far. Uh, defensively, you know, it's not much better on the injury report. You know, they have all world linebacker Devondre Campbell. He's already out with an ankle and multiple secondary guys, including Jair Alexander, obviously their best corner. They're all listed as questionable. I, I anticipate this golf, you know, to St. Brown connection to just be completely lethal. But I mean, you, I, I would definitely wait until later in the week. I mean, it's already Wednesday. <laughs> game tomorrow, brother. I mean, game's tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Honestly, um, I, I have no angle in this game until maybe later tonight. Who knows? It it does seem from like what I've
0: been reading is that Watson and Aaron Jones are going to play. Um, again, like you said, it remains uh, to be seen. That's what that's what I thought last week. I think it was trending more towards out last week for Watson. I think he's been kept getting upgraded this week, so Um, maybe he doesn't get the full workload, but, um, I think he will be out there for me. I think a massive key to this game. And if you guys didn't go back and watch some of the highlights from last week's Lions game, please do. And then watch how Brian branch just takes over the game, especially late 11 tackles. He had three tackles for loss. and Two of them were big time plays late in the uh, in the second half, and he had two pass breakups too. The Packers love to throw to the slot. They love to push the seam balls with Musgrave, and they love to get going down the field with Dobbs out, out of the slot. So I'm looking at Brian Branch. He's in. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is injured too, so he got his first start last week. So Brian Branch, uh, a big-time my guy for me last season. I think he's going to keep rising, and he – been playing his ass off. So I think he's the key to this game. All right, boys. Let's move on to the second game. A big AFC East matchup. We got the Miami Dolphins coming off a 70-point outing against the Broncos versus the Buffalo Bills, who are a two and a half point favorite, who got a really nice dominant win over the Commanders last week. Um, Dino, talk to me about Miami and what they need to do to stay hot. They're the hottest offense in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, no, we, we, we all saw it or at least heard about it um, because we did not at least see it live. We were in the pouring rain, having too much fun. I mean, if you were sitting at home in the nice, you know, warmth of your house, Watching a ton of football games and watching this Finns offense put up seventy. I feel bad for you. We were in the pouring rain, having a ton of fun watching <laughs> our team lose. But uh, this Finns offense is currently obviously the best show on grass or or turf. I mean, depends on the uh, I guess the stadium. Uh, but this is a real st- this is a real stat. The Finns have a .69 EPA per pass. That doesn't even make sense. They have three data points that maybe can be justified with like one or two data points. And they're both outliers. It's just, it's just silly. Even three data points for an EPA per pass that high is, is ridiculous. You know, two of throws a big time throw 7.41% of the time, another fake statistic in the NFL. uh, You know, these guys are real dudes and 7.41% would be, a crazy stat in college, I mean this is ridiculous and we we all saw that they own all five of the fastest plays of the season thus far. I will move on to the bills though now that being said, you know the bills are not the Broncos, so I'm anticipating this being a lot different. We did see a close game between um you know a solid Patriots defense and this um and this still electric Finns offense. You know, Waddle should be back, which is going to be huge. And still I'm still puzzled that they were able to do what they did last week, putting up 70 without Waddle. But I anticipate I anticipate just continued uh, integration um you know of rookie Devon A chain out of the backfield, like we just talked about before, you know, having kind of like both Raheem Mostert and him on the field consistently with a Jalen Waddle. And Tyreek Hill, it's just not going to be stoppable. I just don't see how you can stop an offense that has four to five guys that are all faster than your whole team. And to boot, one is already like flying off the star because of cause, you know motion, obviously. Um, and then defensively, you know, the Finns don't have many flaws. They've been a fringe top ten unit. I I would put them at around ten. Um and I guess if you had to pinpoint a flaw, I think back on the Chargers game, and even though I think they, you know, polished it up um, the week after against the Patriots, I, I would be a little worried as a Finns fan that James Cook and the Bills offensive line could potentially push them around and you know have their way in the run game. But other than that, this this Finns team might might just be as scary as advertised last week.
0: Yeah, right. Talk to me about the Bills. Uh, I think they definitely took that week one loss to the Jets to heart. Um, they've looked really good the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I think this game is just going to come down to which defense can get it done. Uh, for the Bills in particular, I think there's going to be – I mean, it's, I don't even know if it really needs to be said too much, but the amount of pressure that's going to be on that secondary is fucking immense. This team is so fast. It just puts – it. it's just pressure creates pipes and pipes burst. That's pretty much like what this – uh Miami Dolphins offenses like philosophy is I think Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer they're both listed as questionable I think they boast myths and practices but they should be good to go they've been uh playing every game this season so I think yeah give them a bunch of two high looks uh and just keep the ball in front of you I know it's easier said than done with the with uh Waddle and Tyreek but that's as good as that's the only thing you can really do and then also, I'm curious to see how this pass rush looks, particularly from the interior with, with Ed Oliver and maybe even Greg Rousseau and um, Leonard Floyd coming off the edge. Tua's only been sacked one time. I think that's really what's been driving this offensive success as much as it has been. So I think to be able to get to limit this offense, you got to put pressure on Tua, and you got to play t- uh, two safeties back. I know it sucks with this run game, too. It's been so effective, but – You got to limit the big plays through the air, put pressure on Tua, and let's let him fuck up because I know his stats are insane right now. He's been playing unreal, but we've seen what happens when Tua gets hit. He either gets hurt or he starts making bad bad decisions. So I think the pressure on him is going to be the biggest uh, component of this game. And then for the offensive side of the ball for the Bills, Josh Allen, he's played two pretty clean games after that horrific week one loss. I think he's got to keep it going and they got to keep him upright. I think, luckily, I'm not too concerned with this Dolphins defense. I think they're going to put up their own points. I think James Cook has been running the ball so effectively. I think they got to continue to use him. And then what they do in the red zone, they just it's Josh Allen, uh, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray, who's looked like he's had a little bit of resurgence here in Buffalo. So I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. I think the over-under is what fifty-four, fifty-two and a half, something like that. Uh I I I would believe the over hits. And I'm kind of surprised the Bills are favored but I do think that home field advantage will help them out.
0: Yeah, I Kind of agree. I thought this might be like one and a half. Um, if I had to cap it, I mean, we know Buffalo gets a great home crowd. You said it. the The pressure that Buffalo gets is really going to dictate this game. What the, I think they had nine sacks last week um, against Washington. I mean, hard to beat any team, uh, or it's hard to lose if you get nine sacks in a game especially if you couple it with four interceptions. Shout out Sam Howell, started you, uh, picked you up and started you in fantasy last (laughs) week, way to go. Um, But like you said, Tua hasn't really been sacked this year, so if they can get pressure on him, limit those long plays. I mean, we saw it when the Dolphins played the Patriots, even though the Patriots lost, that was the most success a defense has had against them, and it was cover three shell, two deep safeties the entire game light boxes. So the run game might get a little going, but avoiding those big plays is going to be big time for Buffalo. Let's move. uh, Let's move to the third game. A nice AFC North matchup. When isn't it a nice AFC North matchup? Uh, We got the Baltimore Ravens going to Cleveland, Cleveland, a three point favorite right now, Ray, we'll start with you. How do the Ravens keep it going? They've looked really good to start the season.
1: They have been. I I think um, you got to give Lamar some fucking help in particular in the run game. He's their leading rusher on the year. So whether it's Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, uh, I think they, who else did they just add one? Which veteran was it? Uh,
0: Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Oh,
1: the dangerous, the oh so dangerous Melvin Gordon. Um, So yeah, I think getting him some help will be uh, in the run game will be massive in this game. Cleveland's defense has been fucking rock solid in particular at home. I think they've only allowed three points. Each of the two games they've been at home, that difference front is fucking scary for them. Uh, and their secondary too is just so goddamn elite. So, this defense is a real hard uh, nut to crack. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, we do, Baltimore's always solid on defense. Let's just be real. I think the safety play is going to be huge for them. I want to see a little bit more of a ball hawking ability from Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams if they're both good to go. I know they're both a little banged up, but I mean, let's be this, this Baltimore team is always banged up. So, who the fuck knows who's going to be playing, who's not? But, um, the loss of Nick Chubb really does hurt them. And I think Deshaun Watson has not looked like the Houston Texans' Deshaun Watson yet this year. So I think they do have a good chance with the lack of consistent running game. I'm curious to see – I mean, I'll let Dean talk about – expand more. But I'm just curious to see how they divvy up the usage of Cleveland's running backs. I think that will be go a long way in telling how uh, Baltimore was able to handle them. Yeah, Dino, what do you think about for Cleveland? The
0: de- Like Ray said, defense has been absolutely out of its mind for the yeah, first few no, weeks.
2: It's, it's crazy. I, I'll definitely get there in a second. I, I definitely want to talk first and foremost about this line because I think it makes a ton of sense. It, it opened around one, one and a half, uh, plus one, one and a half for the Ravens and is now at plus three. And that just makes a ton of sense, it, it, especially in my mind. I mean, even when you don't even talk about the laundry list, that is the injury report for the you know for the Ravens offensively for the Browns I I personally cannot emphasize enough how important it was that Deshaun had his best showing as a Brown last week against the Titans team that we always say is extremely well coached and is always tough defensively he posted 27 for 33 for 289 and two touchdowns I mean and it was extra impressive to do it when your team could not run the fucking football at all I mean Jerome Ford went 18 for what 11 yards or 11 for 18 yards I don't know. I'm dyslexic maybe, but it was one of those two, Um, Ray, Maybe you could chime in and help out who knows, but uh, this week against, you know, a banged up Ravens team, Jerome Ford will, will have a much better time running the ball. And I, I definitely see that potentially opening up this offense for Watson. And who knows if he can string some games together, we know Deshaun Watson, you know, besides loving massages, he, he has all the talent in the world. So if he can get back to being that guy, I know me and Ray have thought, definitely going into this season, that he can show that he is that guy. Um, I think this might be the game where where he continues to keep it on track. Uh, and then defensively, this Browns defense is just flat out. It's it's crazy to say anything other than this. It's it's the best in the league right alongside the Niners. Then they are both 1A, 1B. Um, I mean, the Cowboys obviously need to take a slip considering they – they let up what they did to the uh the Cardinals. But if, if they can contain Lamar from running amok, which I definitely considering them putting a you know a, a definitely watchful eye on, and you know, this is gonna be another big day for the Browns D. I, I don't know how they're going to be able to, you know, at least for this Ravens offense to be able to get anything going when they can't get anyone else running the football besides Lamar Jackson just like Ray said it's a perfect way to put it it's the biggest thing to worry about this is a secondary and these are this is a defense that you know is loaded up front and they're just going to make your life living hell
0: yeah this secondary for cleveland as as good as great. As good as the front has been for Cleveland, this Granddale secondary pick, is so good on the back end. Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson, and, and the boys, they have just been playing unbelievable. How good was that
2: pick, Martin Emerson? Awesome. What a great pick.
1: Such yeah. a good pick. Um, I'm a big fan of him, by the way. No, no big deal.
0: Yeah, we both were. Um, I think we all were. It it really just lets – Where do you go home? Where do you go to school, Dean? Auburn. No.
1: Okay.
2: He's
0: on I just think that this back end of this defense has been playing so good and it's just freed up this front um to just play free and loose. I mean, Miles Garrett has four and a half sacks already. I'm curious to see oh, how they use him. I knew that. I knew that. Um he's been lining up in a bunch of different areas. I mean, we've seen Micah line up over the center. They've had Miles Garrett over the center a few times. I'm curious to see if they use that at all against Lamar and then just play contain with their out with their with their edges um cuz I really don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball too much if they can get pressure up the middle and then let Lamar go uh I really like Cleveland in this game honestly you know Cleveland was my team to to win the division now Deshaun's getting his stride a little bit I think this team is going to start clicking all right fellas so let's Let's round us out here with the final game. we got the Washington Commanders going to Philadelphia. It's an eight-point favorite right now for Philly. Dino, talk to me about Washington. Had a rough week last week, but they Sam Howard looked good previously. Their defense had been playing really good previously. Talk to me about Washington and how they get a win in
2: Philly. Very tough place to play. Yeah, extremely tough. I, I mean, I don't know how to – really evaluate or I guess you could say weigh last week's game offensively for Sam Howell on this offense I mean he actually had plus pass blocking when you look at the statistics he was in a clean pocket the most of most of the time that he threw the football I can't speak English right now but but he somehow ended up with four picks I mean (laughs) it was actually really funny being in Jet Stadium and seeing all four picks be shown to us on the big screens while Sauce had him in fantasy which was hilarious. Uh did he end up with negative points? Uh
0: he ended with point six. So oh big, big big game. With with Burrow starting the first two weeks for me and then Sam Howell in week three, my quarterback total points has been 18 through the first three weeks. So So, shout out to the double chug next week. Thanks, Sam Howell.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh for those who don't know, uh if if you have the least points on the week you have to double chug uh before the game Sunday. So uh so I was excited to see that video, but I, I moving on to the commanders offensively. I mean, they still have a ton of weapons. Terry McLaurin, you have to, you have to assume is, is going to be, or or can be as close as he can to hundred percent. At this point, you still have uh Jahan Dotson. Of course, Brian Robinson has played great so far, even though, um, you know, they played horrible through the air last week, you know, on the ground, they weren't horrific. And, I mean, it's just crazy because they're going to go against a way tougher defensive line, obviously led by Jalen Carter. I'll let I'll let Ray get into that detail though. But I definitely expect this offense to bounce back in some capacity. It's it's had some solid O line play, and they still have some weapons to, to make some plays. But this is going to be an offense that needs to kind of continue to do the riverboat run and just kind of throw it out there i know that he had four picks but you cannot let that you know you got to have a, a a goldfish memory as as they would say in uh in that show that everyone quotes ev- nowadays which is so annoying with the soccer team what is it called ted lasso yeah ted lasso oh my gosh so annoying but um yeah no you got to have a goldfish memory on this one you got to move forward this is still a great football team and offensively if they can put it together they can um this eagles team I think is exploitable in, in some ways. And then defensively, this has been a this has been a solid solid defense. They, they've had uh above average pass rush, above average coverage. They've gotten um a, a pick or two from Emmanuel Forbes, the the rookie who who's showed out well so far. And uh this Eagles offense has occasionally struggled to uh get some drives going. They they've had multiple stretches in all of their games where it's punt, 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 or with or a turnover included. So uh, they're going to have to do that. And, you know, they have a shot at making this a close one. I believe the the line is over over a score. I yeah, it's eight right now. Yeah. So, uh, started at seven. Open at seven. Is that eight and a half now? All that with the, uh, the over-under going from 46 down to 43 and a half. Who knows? Maybe Washington money might be the move.
1: Maybe right. What do you I, think about Philly? Yeah, I completely disagree. I think this is a terrible matchup for uh, Washington. This Eagles defensive front is kind of unlike anything I've ever seen. They are so fucking fast off the ball and just so physical. Uh, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the interior together. Jalen Carter is not fucking fair, man. We I, I think you he's said it multiple fair. times coming, I keep saying in, it. Like how is he? Bullshit, you can't, you can't let him fall of Philly, and they they did, dude, this defensive front is just so good. I don't think Washington's going to be able to run the ball against them. They've been allowing less than 50 yards rushing against them per game. I know it's not like the, I mean, the, like the 0-10, 9 2010 Jets, but still, they've played, but still, like, this fucking defense is insane. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Sam Howell. He's been sacked 19 times through, uh, three games, which is pretty fucking insane as well. So I think this defense is going to shut them down completely. On the offensive side of the ball for Philly, I think Dean is right in a sense where this offense hasn't clicked yet. Not even close. Uh Jalen Hurts has been shaky to say the least, just this whole passing attack, in my opinion. Um him and AJ Brown really aren't on the same page. I know they had a good game last week, but I feel like they're I feel like this this whole passing offense isn't clicking, but you have to keep feeding DeAndre Swift because when he runs the ball, this offensive line just moves people. Uh, He's been gashing teams all season long. So I think rely on the running game, try to get this passing game, getting into a rhythm. Uh, And I think, I think they win relatively easily. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think this is a really bad matchup for Washington. We have seen the Eagles secondary be exploited through the first three weeks a little bit. So I think for Washington getting a lead early for them, like is is major because playing from behind against this Philly team when this front can just pin their ears back and get after you. I mean, my God. It's it's actually ridiculous. Jalen Carter is probably a top five defensive lineman in the league already. I'll send you guys a video. That's I'll send you guys a video of the breakdown of him against Tampa. It is a fucking joke how good this guy is already. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think Philly I mean they're three and zero and they're still clicking on both sides. Losing Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, both coordinators, I think were big for them. Um, I think they're just going to be able to ride this wave out because they have, just have way too much talent. Um, so I think they get a win pretty easily in Philly. Uh, this might be a this might be a big game for their offense. Honestly, for a little coming out party for them at home. So. All right, boys. Good stuff. Let's get to the units. Let's talk some bets.
1: Ray, how did we do last week? Uh, negative five units. It was it was a bloodbath. <laughs> uh, Jet, Jets money line. Fuck me. Uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that. Washington plus six and a half. We already went over that disaster. Um, and then my six-point teaser, I think um, – yeah, just I think both may have even lost. I don't even know. I blacked out Sunday. blacked the game out of my mind. I don't even care. Uh, so, yeah, five units down. Nice. nice. Dana, how do we do
2: <laughs> I had fun, though. I had oh. fucking fun. Okay. Um, uh, oh, shit. I got to open it up. Well, first and foremost, I mean, I guess I don't have friends because I was doing something very important. That's why I could not be on the pod, sadly. But... I text the boys, my bets, tell them Giants plus 10.5. And whoa, not- whoa, whoa. At this point, you had None already of them had called it. me an insane person. None of them called me an absolute fucking lunatic because that was the dumbest bet of my adult life. And I've cool. done a lot of ridiculous bets. So Giants <laughs> plus 10.5, that didn't hit at all, not even close. That was two <laughs> units. Thank God I at least did not do half of the load on it, at least it was only two. Um, so lost two on that. And then Packers money line didn't even sweat it. It was a lock the whole time, uh, three units to win two and a half. Nice. Uh, yeah. If, if you got... didn't get, if you didn't get the joke that they, they had an 18 point, um, come back in the fourth quarter.
0: Um, yeah. For that giants game, by the way, you had already bet it and you were blacked out. So us calling you insane person wasn't wasn't going to do anything. I might've doubled
2: if you said, I was, yeah. Insane person. Um,
0: for me, uh, had a positive week. I had a Buffalo minus a half, Miami minus a half. Thank God, Miami covered, um, in a tease for two units, and then I had a money line parlay two units that lost. I had Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Seattle. Um, Jacksonville tough L, Baltimore tough L. Um, but I am one for one this year now, on the anytime touchdown prop. We shout out Ken Rudy. Walker had another touchdown last week. Um, so gonna keep that rolling for sure uh
1: let's get to the week four bets ray what do you got for us okay here we go so i got two units on cincinnati minus two and a half at tennessee this is a trap line i know it's a trap line i don't care i'm betting on joey ice <laughs> uh that's my ice 110 uh i got a two-team teaser i actually just shotgun bet this about maybe five minutes ago um seattle plus seven yeah, plus seven uh, at the Giants, and then Philly minus two versus Washington. I think that's a lock of all locks. Uh, that's minus 120. I got two units Wait, on that What was that? Sorry. Uh, Seattle plus seven, I believe. I think I typed. Let me see. Yeah, plus seven, uh, Philly minus two. <laughs> I have the same teaser. <laughs> I literally just did that like two seconds ago. Um, and then my last bet. I love this one too. I, this is the weird, this is probably the weirdest bet of the pod so far. Um, it's a prop bet in the London game. Uh, love it. Atlanta's first drive, I have them giving up a sack plus 265. <laughs> That's insane. One unit to win 2.65. Uh, I was looking for, course. like, I was actually scrolling looking for a. Um, First-time touchdown, like, under six and a half minutes just because it's a London game. And I stumbled across that beauty, and I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Love that. I think Love that. Uh, Desmond Ritter is going to be running around behind the line of scrimmage, and Josh Allen will run him down. So that's my prediction. Love that. Dino, what do you got?
2: Yeah, no, this is going to be really, really quick because I thought my eyes weren't working when I saw this line. Um, and that's going to be uh Seattle money line. I'm putting all five units on it. Minus 106 to win 4.72. I thought when I first saw this line, Monday Night Football. Yes, granted, it's at MetLife Stadium. Woohoo! Who gives a fuck? Um, I thought Geno Smith died, so I checked the um, I checked the injury report. Not only is it fucking squeaky clean for the Seahawks, there isn't a fucking guy on it. They actually have Jamal Adams coming back. I mean, we're Jamal Adams haters here, but I'm not going to pretend like he's not a plus factor on a defense, on any defense in the NFL, because he is. So um, this is the craziest thing ever. Um, take out personal loans, um, whatever you have to do. Uh, second mortgage on the house. This is legitimately one of those lines where you can't miss. It's like it's like GameStop. This is GameStop, this line. Well, Thanks, it. Dean. Um, Two meds and
0: healed. I have the same exact (laughs) teaser as Ray. I love that Ray. We're going to be riding that Eagles minus two Seahawks plus seven. Love that. Um, And then I have one and a half units on the bills minus two and a half. I really do think the bills match up really well against the dolphins. I think, like I said, they took that week one loss against the jets to heart and that they are going to bounce back and, look like they're in control of this division. And then the London game, I have one and a half units on the Jags minus two and a half. I bought a uh, a point there. I do think this is a get right game for the Jags. They are London's team, as everybody knows. Um, I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to throw on them. Um, even though the Jags' pass defense has been horrible, their run defense has actually been pretty stout. So I think they do... What the Falcons do really well on offense, they can combat that. So I have one and a half units there. And then I also have a free play for the people, not included on the five units, but a little little free play for uh, the people for Thursday night football. I got Luke Musgrave over 38 and a half. Um, The Lions have been awful this season at covering the tight ends. They're allowing over 70 yards a game to the tight ends. Look Like I mentioned, they love to attack those seams. Like I said before, Luke Musgrave, over 38.5. Anytime touchdown is plus 290 if you feel like you need so that cool. too. I love that. All right, boys, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our week four NFL preview. Stay with us. We got big weeks for the college season coming up, big weeks for the NFL, not including the Jets. Sorry. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us as we continue this 2023 2024 season. Fellas, appreciate you.